Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. There are many facets of our mind-body-spirit connection. In this episode, we explore the balancing effects of sound massage therapy and meditative sound experiences, or sound baths, with our guest, Kim Dietz. Kim is a licensed massage therapist and owner of Fantoli Massage and Wellness, LLC. Kim is a certified Peter Hess sound massage practitioner, a certified practitioner of vibrational therapy, and a certified practitioner of sound healing. Kim offers traditional massage modalities as well as sound therapies using somatics. In the Peter Hess sound massage, Kim uses Himalayan singing bowls on the body to balance energies, as she also uses sound baths, which are meditative sound experiences, using a variety of crystal chakra bowls, Himalayan singing bowls, buffalo drum, gongs, and many other musical tools and instruments to allow for shifts in energy. Kim is offering a promo code for our listeners at the end of this episode. To learn more about Kim's practice and Fantoli Massage, visit her website at fantolimassage.amtamembers.com or her Facebook page at Fantoli Massage and Wellness, LLC. This is part one where we discuss Kim's practice and the benefits of sound therapies. Join us for part two, where Kim and I discuss my experience with her sound massage and meditative sound experience. Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am with Kim Dietz. She's a licensed massage therapist and owner of Fantoli Massage and Wellness. She's a certified practitioner of the Peter Hess Sound Massage, and she offers sound baths, which are meditative sound experiences. Kim is a certified practitioner of vibrational therapy and also a certified practitioner of sound healing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kim. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of really great information. I'm hoping that we can learn a ton from what you do and what you've studied. Can you tell us a little bit more about your practice and what you offer for your clients? Yes. So I do massage therapy. This is my seventh year doing that. I offer what's called an integrated massage. So that means that Everything is all-inclusive. There's nothing separated out on the menu. So there's relaxation. There's therapeutic work. By therapeutic, I mean very detailed, focused work. There's some deep pressure, deep tissue, precision neuromuscular therapy. I offer cupping, facilitated stretching. It's a lot. It's all-inclusive. I don't break it down on the service menu because it doesn't make sense. If I'm working on someone and I come across an area like, oh, like you would really benefit for this, but if you didn't pick that on the service menu, then I wouldn't do that. To me, that doesn't make sense. So I want results for my clients. That's the goal. Especially if someone's coming in and they don't know exactly what you need. And as the practitioner, you're thinking, oh my gosh, we should try this. This might really benefit you. That way it allows you to pivot and offer it, even if they didn't, like you say, choose it from the service yes. menu. Yes. And honestly, modalities mean nothing to clients unless, you know, it's very specific, like a sports massage or something called Esalen massage. If people are very knowledgeable about that, then yes, they'll request that. Otherwise, the modalities mean nothing. They just want to know what can I do to help them. And that's it. So I offer the massage and then I offer different types of sound therapy. Tell us a little bit more about the sound therapies, because that is, from my understanding, that is your gift, what you can offer to patients to really help them bridge a big gap or make major changes in their life. Yes. And sound therapy, there's a lot of different aspects to that. And the more you learn, the less you know, but the deeper you go into it. 
So with sound therapy, there's the main goal is to create a meditative state, but there's a lot of different ways to get there. I offer one-on-one sessions. I don't do group sessions. It's hard to explain like exactly what sound therapy is because it's different depending on the practitioners that do it. Ultimately, you want to create a deep meditative state. When you're doing sound therapy, do you incorporate that with a massage? It can be done, yes. There are times that I'll use one of the bowls, the Tibetan bowls, on the body. So with that, there's different frequencies with the bowls and different tones, and there's different vibrations depending on the size of the bowl. They usually align with the chakras, so it kind of tunes into that area. And then with sound therapy, there's resonance and dissonance. Resonance is where things are in tune and working together. When there's dissonance, things aren't in tune and they're not working together. I want to create an area of entrainment, which means that if I'm playing this tone here and there's this frequency, I want that to travel and I want the other areas to join in that and kind of become one. There's something called somatics. And this is where it gets deep and complicated because some people really design their practices around different sounds and different frequencies. And it all aligns with something called solfeggio frequencies. With somatics, if you could picture vibration and the pattern that it makes, that's somatics. They know with certain frequencies, each frequency makes a different pattern. So essentially, when you're having a Peter Hass sound massage, it's essentially creating patterns within you. So it's clearing blockages, it's opening up channels and allowing things to flow. So if there's any blockages, those dissipate. If there's things that we're hanging on to, it goes away. But we don't have to like put words to it. It's not active thoughts that we have to have. It's not like good talk therapy. You have to have the big revelation. It's not like that. It's something that subconsciously your body just does. It knows what frequencies it needs. It knows what vibrations it needs. And it connects that way. It's nothing I do. It's nothing the person has to actively do. It just happens. It's like the physical sound waves have an effect on our bodies. And they allow, create a space for healing, for change or for healing to occur? Absolutely. They meet you where you are. If you are needing grief relief or if you have been holding on to things that you're not aware of, you just know that something is just nagging at you and you can't quite pin it down, you don't have to know what it is. The sounds and vibrations know. Your subconscious knows. When you're in the right environment and the right tones and frequencies are being played, or vibrations are on you, your body just works that out. That makes a lot of sense, especially when you explained the part that you could have a visual pattern coming from the different sounds and the mm-hmm. different sounds merging. It reminds me of if you take a glass plate and you put sand on it, and then you shake it or vibrate it, it makes patterns. Yes. Yep. That's somatics. When you can see those patterns, that's exactly what it is. And those are actually what are able to penetrate the body and allow for the healing? Yes. And we've been using sound for thousands of years. And we're using it today in modern medicine with ultrasounds, with something called lithotripsies, where if you have kidney stones, they use ultrasound to break up the kidney stones. There is just a study that came out that they're using somatics working on heart vessels on the different cells of the heart to restructure to make people well without having to undergo an actual surgery. Are you able to treat both emotional and mental illnesses as well as physical conditions? It's 
designed as a relaxation or a meditative experience, but that doesn't mean that there isn't emotional healing happening. I see a lot of people with anxiety issues, different PTSD problems, emotional traumas, physical traumas, and it does something. It allows them to be back in their body and feel what it's like to be present and grounded and centered and in control. My youngest client, she's 15 and has debilitating anxiety and was recommended actually by her therapist to come in and have some sound therapy done. And whether that was seeing me or having different sound baths, or they also talked to her about energy work, so having Reiki done, and she can see herself the changes that have happened. She just feels more calm. I would like to say it's just the sound therapy, but I think even bigger than that, it's just allowing herself the time, the permission to have time to be quiet, to have no conscious thoughts, to be awake and aware, but to have nothing happening in her brain that she has to be participating in. It's the sounds, it's the vibrations, but it's also that quiet space that we're allowing ourselves to have. That mindful meditative state. Yes. Just to be able to turn off the mind briefly because we can't do that or we don't do that in everyday life. Right. During a sound bath, that's the goal. If you think of dropping a pebble in a pond, okay, and it creates that ripple, that's where we want to be. We want to be in that calm state, but sometimes disturbed a little bit, but not disturbing that we want to move away from it, but knowing that it's going to calm again. Or if you think of it like skipping a rock on the water. In our brain, we have different states that we're in. So there's alpha and beta. Most of us are in beta. If you're in alpha, that means you're a little high strung. And then there's gamma, theta, and delta. Delta is like bliss. If you picture bliss being like the water, the delta state, and you're skipping that rock. So you want to be in the water a little bit, but you don't want to stay there. You want to shake things up a little bit. You want to move that energy so you can release it, get rid of it. I mean, it's wonderful to be in bliss the entire time, but that's not the best option for healing and working through our issues. But it's just like skipping a rock on water. Allowing yourself to dip in once in a while. Yes. Experience, but not stay. Right. Because if we stayed there, it's not really moving energy. It's just allowing us to be present in that energy. So it's not really clearing all the blockages. It's not breaking down those guarding patterns that we have. If you take people a little bit out of their comfort zone and then you bring them back into their comfort zone and you keep showing them that this is safe, this is okay, our central nervous system will start taking over and be like, okay, we'll push it a little farther. As that's happening, then each time you enter bliss or that delta state, it's deep and it's easier and faster to get there. But you want to go in and out. You don't just want to stay comatose the whole time, which I mean, it is wonderful. I've had it happen, but it's not the best for healing. The Peter Hess sound therapies. Is that what you're explaining? That is that modality, the Peter Hess method? That's that's a sound bath. I mean, the Peter Hess method does that as well. Okay. So with the Peter Hess method, we've all seen videos online of people putting bowls on themselves or having someone put bowls on them and tapping the bowls. The Tibetan singing bowls? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's with the Himalayan singing bowls. And Tibetan and Himalayan, same thing. Okay. So the bowls are placed on the body. And with the Peter Hess method, less is more. I don't want to tap the bowl and rattle you outside of your body. I always think of the old cartoons where people are, they get electrocuted, all right? And you see their skeleton and they're like shaking, their soul leaves them for a minute and comes back. When the bowls are placed on the body and people are really banging on them, 
it's not something that you're trying to lean into. You're trying to move away from it. So with Peter Haas, less is more. We want you to to really sink inward and really follow that vibration and follow those tones. And it creates the same thing. You're in that delta state. And that you can come in and out of based on when the bowls are tapped. As long as there's a bowl on the body, it's always vibrating. Some people, even though they can hear it, they can't feel it. And it's not that there's something wrong with them. They're just not that much into their body yet. So when they can get out of that headspace and get out of their way and allow themselves to be, then they can feel. In your mind, you chase after the sound and you chase after the vibration. You just explore like, where is that going and how far is it going and what does that feel like? And sometimes it can bring awareness to areas that have discomfort. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable because it's going to an area where you've been guarded. But yeah, it, it takes you places and it's hard to explain or determine like what's going to happen during your session. So with the Peter Hess method, the first three sessions are the same and by design so that the first time you're going to be wondering like, where's that bowl going to go? What's that going to feel like? What's she going to do next? And it's really hard to get in that zone. The second time, you know where the bowls are going to go. And then you're just wondering like, What's it going to feel like this time? Where am I going to go this time? Like, how deep am I going to get? By the third time, you're totally comfortable. There's no questions. After the third time, then there's a lot of different things that we can do, moving the bowls on the body. The first three methods, the bowls are stationary. They're placed in very specific areas. And then sometimes the bowls get moved, and then they go back to that area. After the third session, some of the same protocol is followed, but we can work more in like the, the energy aura. Sometimes there's more bowls on the body, or we can have them moving on the body while they're vibrating. So it gets a little more intense, but by that time you're comfortable and you know what to expect. Is there a difference between a sound bath and the Peter Hess sound massage? Yeah. So Peter Hess sound massage, the Himalayan bowls are on the body and it's just the Himalayan bowls. With a sound bath, it's many different instruments, and they're not necessarily on the body. They're usually around the body and around the room. Like here, I have the Himalayan bowls. I have crystal bowls, koshi chimes, a gong, pala chimes, rain sticks, ocean drum, thunder drum. There's a lot of different sounds and tones and vibrations happening. So it fills the room like a gong. Anytime you play a gong in a room, not like outside very different. But that gong sends out the sounds and vibrations and flings it like a boomerang. And it kind of comes back and it wraps you up like a cocoon. You can't avoid the sounds and vibrations of a gong. Different tones, different notes, lighter notes kind of bring us to be more into awareness. And the deeper tones take us deeper into meditation. So sometimes during a sound bath, you can see that people are starting to release energy or something is shifting. So having a private session, you can absolutely guide that, how that's going to happen. You can either push it so that they're really going to like let go of things. Or if you're seeing that there's too much energy moving, you can slow it down. There's things called disruptors. So like a buffalo drum that would be used to help not just move the energy, but shake it off get rid of it. The gong, I used to find them very annoying, but now it's like my favorite just because of if you play it in the right manner, it's actually very calming and soothing. And it is very meditative. But each 
note each vibration changes and moves energy. So you just play. There's nothing scripted. It shouldn't be scripted. But you just go with the person on the table. Like it's it's a journey. It's definitely an experience. And you take them on a ride. They kind of lead on how they're moving their energy, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. So you are acting as a facilitator, watching their responses and their reactions, and then determining, or maybe it's even a gift that you have that you, through your teachings and through your practice and through your experience, that you can tell what would be next for the sound bath, what sound would maybe help facilitate some change? Yes. Yeah. So it is energy work, but not in the sense like Reiki, like I don't have to be intuitive to feel that, oh, they need more energy over here or over here. I don't have to do that. When people are on the table and there is energy shifting and moving, it's something very physical that's happening. And you can see it happen. Examples would be sometimes people's legs get twitchy. And usually the left leg before the right leg, oftentimes that you can see that it's an emotional release. We store grief behind our knees. So Sometimes they'll just get like antsy in their legs. Usually that's a grief response. Sometimes people get cold or you get really warm or you get almost like a contracture that's happening. Those are all things that are part of the process. Sometimes you can just be like overall just uncomfortable or all of a sudden you find yourself really irritated. That's just things that are, it's moving. Energy's moving and you're releasing it. It's shifting. So as a practitioner, you have to pay attention to that. So if they are twitching too much, you want to bring them out of that, allow them to recover from that, or use disruptors to shake off that energy and start again. So it's like, I always tell clients, it's kind of like being attached to a bungee with one point that you're starting from and you run. And then at some point that bungee is going to pull you back and then you run again. But each time you're running, you're going a different direction. So sometimes you might get into this deep state where it's kind of it feels like a dream or it's something that feels familiar or it feels like an old memory and then it brings you back and then it takes you again and it might be something super abstract and weird or you feel like like one of my experiences I was fascinated I my thumb was in something smooth and I was like rubbing on it and I was so consumed with it, but I could hear everything that was happening in the room, but I was so fascinated. I could not draw my attention away from whatever my thumb was in that was so smooth. So when it was done, I was laughing. I'm like, that was so weird. Like I could hear everything and I swear my hands were moving. And they're like, Kim, your hands were never moving. I'm like, they absolutely were. I felt like I was present and aware I could hear everything. I could feel you tapping the bowls, but I was whatever locked me in this smooth surface that I was clearly grabbing onto and rubbing my thumb on, I was never moving. Some people get a feeling of, one client asked me, did you lift up the table? I would never do that, but I did not lift up the table. It's just a feeling that you get, or some people feel that their arms or their legs are lifting up. Or that they're moving. It's just different things that happen. I never label it. It's nothing like a dream that we're going to go back and pick apart and try to figure out what was that, what happened. It's just an understanding of that's part of the process. You're releasing energy. Energy is shifting and moving. And you're just clearing the blockages. And that's just how your body is doing that. It's how your mind is taking care of that. 
makes us realize how impactful sound can be in our environment and in our bodies. Yes. And I mean, even in every day, if we hear noises like traffic noises or construction noises, it's loud and annoying. But if you go to a rock concert, that's really loud too, but it's pleasant if you like that type of music. Yeah, it's different things and how we interpret it. But it's also different vibrations that are coming from those noises and how our bodies are perceiving it. And yours is probably more orchestrated that your better understanding of what each frequency does and what impact it has on the body or, or energy so yes. that you're able to facilitate. Yes. Yeah. So like the, the crystal bowls I have, it's the chakra set. So they're all in tune with each chakra. We know that there's, and I don't know how we know, but we know that there's different notes and different frequencies that go with each chakra. So yeah, it's by design, but you can, even if it's not chakra related, you know that deeper, lower tones are going to be more calming and it's really going to take you deep where lighter tones kind of bring more awareness. For your Peter Hess sound massage, is that something that you have clients coming in and they can say, can you help me with this particular issue? And are you able to orchestrate some sort of healing or some sort of change within them? If it's a physical issue, I wouldn't necessarily do a Peter Hess massage because that's very, Peter Hess is very structured. So I would do more of a hands-on massage with the bowls and use them in a, in a way, but on the body. I don't know truly how a sound massage works. So you have to educate me as we go through this. Okay. If a client comes to you and they then have the choice of requesting a sound massage or a traditional massage or cupping or different things, right? Mm -hmm. And if they don't request a certain type of massage, are you able just to work during that session to what you think might help them and then facilitate that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how it's done already. Okay. So like if they come in and even during a hands-on massage, a lot of massage therapists were very in tune to our clients, especially when they're repeat clients. So I can physically feel when someone's anxious and I can physically feel when someone's really in their head and they're not relaxing. And it's obvious as well sometimes by what they're doing on the table. You can just feel that they're tense or they're twitchy or fidgety. But sometimes I will incorporate the bowls on different chakra areas just to help calm that area. Sometimes if there's a chronic injury or a chronic issue where they're always having pain, so as like a, on a regular massage, if my hands start to approach that area, you can already see that that area is starting to get tense. So I can use the bowls and place that on there. And those subtle vibrations, the central nervous system doesn't know what to do with it because it, it's not hurting. It's not uncomfortable. So it starts to break down those guarding patterns and lets there be sensation in that area. It's kind of like retraining your brain, like it's a safe touch, it's not gonna hurt, it's not always gonna hurt. A lot of it is, whether it's massage, sound therapy, it's directly working with that central nervous system to get us out of that fight or flight state and into that rest and restore state. Because we just, honestly, we don't make time for ourselves to do that. And it's important, stress causes a lot of different physical things to the body, and if we don't control that stress, that causes dis-ease. So we don't want that. We have to be better at finding ways to quiet our mind and just allow ourselves to be present and just be for a little while. The sympathetic is the fight or flight and the parasympathetic is the more subconscious, relaxed. 
Yes. Like the autonomy of running your body where you don't even have to be aware of your own heartbeat that it's taken care of. Yeah. Well, both of them are part of the autonomic nervous system. Okay. So the sympathetic and parasympathetic. But the sympathetic is our fight or flight. So we know if there's a bear chasing us, we don't have to think, oh, I need to make my heart pump faster. Oh, I need to make my adrenals work so that I can feel this adrenaline that's rushing through my body. And then the autonomic is that relaxation part of it. So it's getting us to shift from one to the other. And it's still in the autonomic nervous system. So our body's automatically doing it. But if we're always keyed up and always stressed out, our bodies can't relax. We have to provide it the environment that those shifts can happen. So when that happens, when we're in that that rest and digest or the rest and restore, that's when our body's naturally releasing serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, all our feel-good chemicals. That's when our mind and body connection can restore itself. So sometimes people have like some kind of pain stimuli that has happened could have been the day before or 10 years before. And somewhere that signal between that pain stimuli and the brain gets wonky. And there's always this signal that's going to the brain. If you can create such a relaxation state, sometimes that signal, the mind can realize there isn't one. There is no communication that's being sent. It was just a lost signal. I kind of associate it when a star goes out. We still see that here, billions of light years away. And it's the same thing that happens with, with pain. Our minds just haven't figured out yet that there is no pain. So somewhere that signal gets wonky. But when you're able to have that shift, it's just like this light bulb goes on like, oh, like here's what's happening in my body. And it kind of creates a, like a better connection. And we know now through studies that like we used to think that, oh, this is the mind and the mind controls all this. We now know that it's not just the mind. The mind is no different than the body. We hold memories and traumas and feelings in our visceral tissues the mind has no control over that. Our subconscious does, but we can't mentally say like, like I don't want to hold on to this stuff and now it's gone. That's not how it works. So we just have to provide an environment that everything can have the right frequency that we can let that go. That's been a little bit of a recurrent theme through some of the podcast guests is that you have to allow your mind enough time and space to be still and to quiet and to stop yeah. and then Finally, it can initiate a reset, and then the body can heal. Yes. And yeah. I, was, I, I found that fascinating because I was, you know, of traditional medicine field thinking you have to fix the body. But for you to be able to turn off the mind and for that to allow the body to heal itself, oh, wow, I did not know that. That's awesome. Yes. And not surprising as a concept of natural healing and natural living, but... Yeah. And I have 23 years in healthcare, so I get it. I totally get our medical model and everything is black and white and backed by science and research. But there's so much about that that we don't understand yet. And I tell my clients, our bodies have the ability to heal themselves. We just have to provide it the right environment. We know that positive thinking has positive effects on cells and negative thinking has negative effects on cells. So if we're always stressed and in that fight or flight state, when do we have time to think positive thoughts to create positive stuff that's occurring in our cells? We don't. We just don't. One of my taglines is quiet the mind for our best healing potential, you quiet the mind and fully relax the body. And that's it. And it, I mean, it sounds so simple. It's not. <laughs> it's it's not. But yeah, I mean, that's the goal to quiet our mind of any conscious thoughts that are happening and just allow our bodies to relax, like allow our minds to just drift and go through these meditative states and just feel what it's like to even be there. 
It can be life-changing. It's emotional when it happens because you don't realize how stressed out you are or how far you've let yourself get into this state of stress until you're able to get out of it for a moment. And you're like, wow, like I had no idea. I had no idea. When you're so, in the fishbowl, you can't see. So you almost have to like step outside of it, outside of yourself in order to be able to, wow, you know, have those reveal moments of I didn't realize that was all happening or that I was doing that to myself. Yes. Yeah. And that's a huge thing that we are not, we're not teaching our kids. We're not taught that in schools, even medical school with any of the classes. You're not taught that. You're taught like to monitor your stress and keep that under control, but they don't tell you how to fix any of that. They don't work you through that. You see a therapist, but that only can go so far as well. You had mentioned something else I found fascinating about the aura that can the sounds actually impact the colors of the aura or the energy of the aura? I'd like to believe so. I don't see energy auras. Do I see colors sometimes? Yes, but it can. We know that we have seven main chakras in our body and we have over a hundred chakras within our body and there's chakras outside our body. And we know that some of our aura or energy field can be up to six feet away from us. And that's why when you're next to somebody that's very high strung and has a very big energy bubble, you can feel them. But yeah, it does. It absolutely affects that. It absolutely does. You had also mentioned about the chakras. Each chakra has its own vibrational frequency. Yes. Right. And I've oftentimes seen them associated with colors. Yes. What else can you teach us about the chakras? I'm familiar with them. I have not studied them. Like I don't do Reiki. There's seven starting in, I guess, what would be your root chakra. So the root is red and then it's the colors of the rainbow. So your sacral chakra, which would be next, is orange. And then your solar plexus is yellow, your heart chakra is green, the throat chakra is blue, and then the third eye is purple, and then the top, your crown chakra, is light lavender. Now, some are, there's like subtle differences when you get into the blues and purples, but overall, it's the color of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. So, and the same with our notes. So if you start at the bottom of the root, it'll be C, D, E, our heart is F, our throat is G. Our third eye is A, and our crown is B. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you almost have the full octave of notes as you're going through your chakras. Yes. And I don't know how they learn that. And there's also different frequencies that go with each chakra. And those are the people that are getting deep into it. So with like tuning forks, I have tuning forks as well. There are chakra sets with tuning forks. And there's two different kinds of tuning forks. And one, like you hear the sound the other kind, you feel the sound or you feel the vibration. But there's ones that are, they're tuned to the universe. And I don't know how they learn of these frequencies. There's a frequency that the sun gives off and one that Mercury gives off. Scientists just know, and then they tune them to these different frequencies. And it gets really, really deep with how far people go. There's so much to learn. That's fascinating. All of those things. It's just a lot. In, yeah. They intrigue <laughs> me. Like you said, how do people know and how do they even go about studying and learning these things? But that's absolutely intriguing. Yeah. And that's why I say the more you learn, the less you know, because the, there's so many doors that open and it's like, oh, I had no idea. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know this. And it it just keeps happening, but it, it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. It all depends how far you want to take it. I mean, I'm good right where I'm at. I have three certifications in it. I'm good. I, I just want to practice it. I want people to experience it and to experience what it's actually like to have a moment where you're just 
like at peace and you're calm because sometimes it's a very new experience or it's an experience like meeting an old friend. Like you forgot what that was like. Almost like reconnecting with your true self again. Yes. Yes. You had just mentioned that you have several certifications. Mm -hmm. Can you go through them? Because we had talked about them before we started recording and teach us a little bit more about the certifications that you hold and what each one means and what you do with it. Okay, so the Peter Hess certification, so that means that I can say that I studied at the Peter Hess Institute in Manitowoc with Gina Armstrong, and I am certified. So with that, there are four modules that you have to complete. It's a, a seven-day intensive program, and that started December of 2021. In June of 2022, I finished, I had to do 60 sound massages, and I had to do case studies on people that had five or more sessions. But you start seeing patterns that are happening. And then it starts bringing about more questions. And then you just start learning like how the energy is moving and and how people are processing that and what to expect. So the bowls, when they're on the body, say I have them on the, on the sacral area, on the back, and then the bowl will get moved around and it'll come back to the sacral area but it sounds different or it rings out longer. There's sometimes just subtle differences that you can hear happening, but you know then that energy moved at that time. Sometimes there'll be an area where it's just, it will not ring out. It's just like, dum, dum. I mean, it still rings a little, but there's not, there's not a lot behind it. And it doesn't matter how hard you tap it, but again, we don't want to bang on it. But once you can get that area to start relaxing and get the energy moving through that area, they will ring out longer and the tones sound more pure or sometimes they sound deeper or it gets a bigger wobble to it where like you'll tap it and you'll hear the tone then it's like so that's what I like to call the wobble but there's different things that you learn and having to do 60 of them I thought it was quite extensive that was more than I had to do with massage school so with that, there was different requirements, and then we had to go back for a supervisory weekend. So we go back, and then we have to do different sound massage with people as we're being, I don't want to say tested, but where our skills are refined. If, we're, if we picked up any bad habits, like we have to change that, because it is very, very structured. That's so pretty extensive. The other training that I went to Florida for the Meditate School of Mindfulness, Meditate School of Sound Therapy, it's with Bill... Claire Sullivan. He is actually a counselor. He was a drug and addiction counselor. And he found the same thing that a lot of us that come from healthcare find is that our medical model is broken and it can only get us to a certain point. And after that, it's kind of like when you step off that ledge, it's the land of no return and people either sink or they swim. And he found that through all his counseling that he was doing, like he still wasn't able to empower people sound can empower people because it's not anything that I'm going to make you think or make you do. It's stuff that you have to discover on your own. It's something that your subconscious does. So it meets you exactly where you are and where you need to be. They teach you different theories and history and subtleties that happen with all the, the energy moving. They expose you to a lot of different instruments, things I've never seen or heard before ever. But they explain like how to use everything because everything is like anybody can do it, but it's understanding the why. So why why would I play a buffalo drum and how would I do that? But why would I do it? And if something is happening, some, something specific, why would I continue? And why would I do something different? So it's not just teaching you how 
to do a certain protocol or procedure, but it's teaching you why you're doing that and what you're going to look for to know that something's happening. It's a lot. (laughs) Sounds like a lot. You are a certified practitioner of vibrational therapy and sound therapy, sound healing, and you incorporate all of those into the sound baths. Yes. And into the Peter Hess massages. Do you incorporate that into your regular massages as well? Sometimes. Example, one of my clients, she was going through a big grief issue. And we knew, like when she came in, it was definitely going to be a very much relaxation-focused massage, nothing therapeutic at all. But yeah, I did incorporate sound therapy with that. Just Because when you see that people are going through something, oftentimes, like if you're crying, like we don't want to cry in public. We don't want to be at a store and start crying. We try and suppress that and we keep pushing it down. And to know that this is a safe place where if you start crying, it's absolutely okay. In fact, if you need to, I want you to. So then we'll incorporate sound therapy with that. I can tell, you know, and just from some of my clients, they're long-term. I know like when they're anxious or stressed and I can feel it. So then I'll, I'll pull out some instruments or at the end of their massage, we'll do like 15 minutes of sound bath just to really kind of kind of put the, the icing on the cake. But just if they're already kind of relaxed, I want them to really get into a state before they have to bring themselves back into awareness and go on with their day. You had mentioned something about your case studies. Between those and your practice that you've been working with for all these years, do you have some success stories or some interesting stories that you can show us how this really works? I mean, it's up to each person if it's successful or not. And how do we define if it's successful? For me, I mean, my first sound bath, it was life-changing. I I had no idea what it was like to feel so calm and so peaceful. And I don't even know if I impact anything. I have no idea. But I just know that I felt amazing. And that's kind of when I started following this path. For each person, it's very, very different. It's very personal to them what their success is. I mean, an example of just some of the things that have happened or people reported back to me One of my clients who happened to be a massage therapist, and she does energy work as well, so she was completely familiar with when there's energy shifts, what what happens and what that feels like. I always like tell people, when we have this session, you're just going to sit in it. We're not going to talk about what happened. We're not certainly going to label anything. So once we label it, then that's what it has to be. But we're going to talk about it. A couple days, I'm going to follow up, see how you're feeling. I had talked with her, and she says, Kim, it was excruciating where the bowls were placed and not from the the weight of the bowls, but from the vibration of the bowls. And I said, well, why didn't you say anything? And she's like, no, I just knew it was energy shifting. And I knew it had to go through that process, so I didn't say anything. Well, what had happened was years ago, there was a very traumatic experience that happened. And she her body was still hanging on to some of that. So it was just kind of letting it surface and letting it go. Another client, she got in her car And she said her neck hurt until she got home and got out of her car. And it was the same kind of hurt that she experienced from a car accident that she had. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't know why. Because it shouldn't cause pain. It should not cause you physical pain. What it was doing, it was causing a memory. Her body was letting that memory go. Because after she got out of the car, it was gone. She never experienced it again. It never happened again. And actually that same person during one of her sessions. She had probably like 12 sessions. 
And now I get totally into it as well, because with the sounds and vibrations, other than like, I don't get to lay there and mind melt, but I feel this, the the frequencies and vibrations just like the client does. Right. You're affected by it as well. You're in the room. Yes. So I can get totally tuned into what I'm doing and no pun intended, but I'm just zoned out as well. And we were just completing the portion where they're face down and she totally jumped and startled me. I was not prepared for that. And I didn't say anything. I just kept going. And it, it can happen. Just like when we're falling asleep and we feel like we're falling and we jump. But when she was done and I was up at the front desk, she came around the corner and she just started laughing. And I'm like, what happened? What was that? She's like, I don't know. Things were going great. And then all of a sudden there was bleachers and I fell off the bleachers. So it can be something that is so abstract. And then also like, boom, then there's something happening that causes something else like falling off the bleachers and her jumping. So it's very abstract, but there's no reason for it. I don't know. Did she fall off of bleachers when she was three? I don't know. Could that have happened? Maybe. Or maybe it's a fear of falling off bleachers or it's just different things like that that can happen. I have a 15-year-old, like I said, that comes in for anxiety and she can see in herself that there's changes and her mom can totally see a change in her. With her, I also gave her tools that she could utilize at home. There's different instruments that you can get, some off Amazon, and they're relatively inexpensive that you can use. And even if it's just five minutes to just allow yourself to calm down, breathe and zone out for a little while. You had mentioned the Himalayan singing bowls. Mm -hmm. What are those and how do they work? Each one has its own frequency? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The Himalayan bowls, unlike the crystal bowls. So crystal bowls are made of quartz. They're very note specific. And they're tuned for that note. You're going to play that note and it's going to get louder or softer, but it's always going to be that note. With a Himalayan bowl, because there's different metals in there, it's like a bell. It creates overtones and undertones. And the note itself wobbles a bit. It, it's all in the thickness of them and how they're shaped to give you the tone or the note that it has. It's not steady all the time. It doesn't sound the same. I had seen some Himalayan singing bowls that you rub them and then that elicits a vibrational sound. So these are tapped, tapped with a mallet? Yep, a felt-covered mallet. There's two different ones that I have. With the Peter Hess mallets, there's a number two size and a number three size on one stick. And then there's another one I have that's harder. So when you you don't have to tap it as hard, it'll give you a bigger sound. So that one I'll use during a sound bath when the bowls aren't on someone. And then the other one when they're on someone... It's not that strong of a vibration that would vibrate you that much, but you don't want to make it obvious like, oh, I'm tapping the bowl now. It, it should be very subtle that you just stay in this, this state, but it shouldn't be bringing you out of awareness every time the bowl is tapped. And then how do you know which instrument to play while you're doing the massages? That's a good question. It depends. If I'm putting bowls on someone... I wouldn't put a big heavy bowl like up on their shoulder. I'm going to use something a little smaller and lighter. So typically anything from the heart chakra up is a lighter tone. From the heart chakra down is a lower tone or more like earthy. A deeper tone. Yeah. Deeper. Okay. Yeah. So during a sound bath, if say someone is, I can tell they're in a total state of bliss. Okay. I'm going to use some disruptors and shake that up a little bit. And then I want to bring them into awareness, but I don't want to bring them out of their meditative state. So I might play some chimes or I'll play some of the lighter tones, the higher pitches, and then I'll play lower tones again just to bring them back down. What is a disruptor? You had mentioned that earlier. I'm assuming it's a, a more intrusive sound. Yes. So it can be like the buffalo drum. It can be like shakers, rain sticks, 
thunder drums, ocean drums, but it's it's not like a, the singing bowls where you tap them and then it rings out. It's more of a start-stop noise. It just helps shake off that energy instead of like if there's a stream, okay, and you picture all smooth rocks in this stream and it's flowing and it's not like white water. It's just a nice flow. And then there's something that kind of comes down the stream and gets hung up a little bit. And it's not bothering anything. It's not stopping the water from going, but the water's not moving as effectively as it could. But then as more things come down that stream, it starts to get hung up and eventually it will start to change the flow of the water. Those disruptors help shake those things up and get them flowing. And then not only do they help things move, they can allow you to, tr- to release that energy. If we're hanging on to things that no longer serve us, it has to go somewhere. So I want to shake it off, can go back in the ground, come back as something beautiful. But we don't need to hang on to it. We don't need to, to pack it away anywhere and hold it. We just, we got to let it go. So that's what the disruptors help do. And you have such a beautiful space here. Your office is absolutely gorgeous with the decorations and all the musical instruments and the essential oils. I'm sure this also helps facilitate as well, just having a beautiful, comfortable, warm, safe space. Yes. Yeah. It should be, I don't know, everybody has their own idea on a massage office. And honestly, in school, we're taught that there should be nothing that's going to invoke thought. I'm like, really? (laughs) I mean, I grew up in the 80s when we all had like home interior and our walls were plastered with stuff. But I like things that are cozy and comfortable and I like textures. And if there's nothing in here and it feels sterile, I would expect someone that when they come in here, they're going to think my attitude is kind of sterile. So it should be cozy. This is a space I spend a lot of time in. I'm here a lot. And I want it to be a place where not just clients are comfortable, but that I'm comfortable And I want it to be a place that isn't like other places that you go into. It doesn't look like a regular medical office and nor should it. I mean, it's a lot of my personality and who I am, things I enjoy looking at, things I want to be around, but it gives off an energy and I want people to feel that. I want it to be something tangible that people can feel, but to know also that it is a cozy space. It is a safe space. So what happens here stays here. But they're allowed to, like, I give them permission. Like when you come in for a massage, I will ask and I will give you permission. Don't talk. I will not talk to you during your service. Because if you're talking or I'm talking, it doesn't allow for that shift to happen again to that rest and digest state. And that's where I want people to be because we need it. Yes, we do. We all do. Yes. What is one of your favorite parts about using this as a healing tool or as a therapeutic modality? I First and foremost, because... We don't oftentimes give ourselves time to to just be in that state. We feel that we have to have it as a luxury or or someone will give it as a gift. It shouldn't be a gift. It should be something that we expect from ourselves that we can come someplace, whether it's here or in your home that you're meditating, but that you can give yourself permission to be in a state where you are calm and you feel safe and your mind is quiet. That is our best healing potential. And and it's free. Not getting a service is free, but allowing ourselves that time and that quiet, that calmness, it's free. And, And it's within our power to do that, but not enough people do that. And if we do, it can be so impactful. It's so huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. That's why I got into doing massage. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into massage? Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to know any direction other than I don't want to go to college. So I didn't. And I worked factory. And I found myself being a young single mom 
And I was like, I, I need to go to school. Like, if I'm going to support this child, I have to do something. I like to think I'm fairly intelligent. I'm fairly smart. But I never had like a desire, a strong desire to do any one thing. Like, I want to do everything. I want to learn everything. So I took some college courses and then I readjusted what I wanted to do. And I was almost finished doing that. And I got a job doing that and hated it. So I'm like, okay, let's go back again. So I got into healthcare. And so in 2020, I started my journey in healthcare and I got very sick and nothing that was life threatening, just very life altering. And I saw a lot of different specialists. I heard a lot of scary terms, but nobody seemed to know what was going on. And about two years later, because I quit going to the doctors and I started diving in more into integrated therapies, different types of healthcare. And I finally found a clinic and I found a different doctor. Long story short, they finally found that I have like all these autoimmune issues. And one of the biggest problems with autoimmune issues is when you have too much stress. I had three that stacked. And during that is when I discovered more integrated medicine and I discovered massage. And then at that time, I was told I have Crohn's. So Crohn's is nothing that you eat. It has a lot to do with inflammation and stress. So my doctor said, you need to decrease your stress. And I said, okay. So I took a part-time job as an LPN and the part-time turned into 52 hours a week. And I walked in one day and I was like, I quit. <laughs> and I went home and I was like, what did I do? I just quit my job and I have nothing. I have no idea what I'm going to do. So years ago, when I had initially looked into going to school, I was going to go to massage school, but it didn't make sense because of how the classes were structured. They were like 10, 12 hour days, and I couldn't make it work with my work schedule. So I just kind of put that on the back burner. And at this point in time, when I quit my job, I'm like, I need to do something like right now. And I need a program that I can do within a short amount of time that I can get out and start making some money. And it happened to be massage. And then from that, when I did my first sound bath, my massage partner that I had at the time, she's like, hey, there's this sound bath. Let's go check this out. I was like, okay, cool. Let's do this. I had reservations about it. Like how effective is this going to be? She had been a massage therapist much longer than I, and she had more experience in more of the woo-woo stuff than I had. Because I come from medical, so everything is very scientific. It's backed by research. It's black and white. And when you start getting into things like sound therapy or energy healing, different things, it's not very much proven by science. And now to me, that doesn't matter at all. My first experience was life-changing. I don't remember feeling so calm. And actually during the session, that's I, I lost sense of where my arms and legs were. I had no idea. I just knew that there's people walking around and they have these instruments and I'm in and out of this weird consciousness state. It was like being high and no drugs at all. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, they're coming. I'm like, are they going to step on me? <laughs> like, where's my arms? <laughs> Where are my legs? It was so wild and so weird, but in the best way. That's when I really like started seeking it out and going, there's an amazing place down in Glendale called Synthesis. They offer a sound baths and they're guided meditation with sound baths. So it was just a wild experience, but I've experienced many. And then I I found the Peter Huss method. I'm like, I want to learn this. But at the time it was it was so expensive. So I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense with the massage. And I was focused more on getting my practice built up. And and now I mean I have 
I far exceed the amount of credits that I need for continuing education. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Whether it applies towards my massage continuing education or not, I'm going to do it. And I'm doing it and I love it and I'm not looking back. It sounds like it was pivotal, a big change in how you practice. Yes. And I mean, sadly, I realize how broken our healthcare system is. And the longer I was in healthcare and the more I do integrated healthcare, the more I see how broken things are. And it's not, I mean, I I want to help people. I want to help people become well or find a path that will help them to get there or just be be just a, a pivotal moment in their process to help guide them along the way. Either way, my job in this lifetime is to help people. I'm just a helper. And I don't feel there's enough of us that are in it for the right reasons. Therefore, our healthcare model is broken. We just all need to help each other and to find different ways to just open up a little bit about an experience. You know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to get massage because there's usually two general thoughts is either there's going to be this tiny little woman that comes in and she's going to foo-foo like rub lotion on you and that's it. Or there's going to be this very big burly woman that is going to come in and wreck you. (laughs) So, I mean, can that happen? Yes. But that is, that's two very different ends of the spectrum with a massage. There's so much more to it. And I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. It took me a long time. And then once you get into that, then I was like, wow, like, as far as mental health, like, it's very profound. And same with sound therapy. It's very, very profound when we can allow ourselves to just simply be. And with the sounds and the vibrations, that our subconscious can work all that junk out that we don't have to put words to it. We don't have to put conscious thoughts or recognize like, oh, this happened to me at this age and and this is why I do this. You don't have to do any of that. It just works itself out. Is it like a cure-all? No, but there's something comforting about it. Even a buffalo drum, there's something so comfortable. I mean, yeah, it's a loud drum. It has a lot of heavy vibration to it. But it's so comforting and it's so familiar, even if, I mean, I am not Indian by any stretch or indigenous, but when you hear the drum and you feel it, I don't know, it just brings you back to a place that's familiar. It's wild, but in the best way, in the best way. When people first experience your massages, and especially with the music therapy incorporated, do they initially notice a change or is it something that over time that they notice the changes? Both. Some it's very profound, some very, very subtle that... After several sessions, there's no one moment where you're like, oh, this is different. But all of a sudden you do notice, like as a situation comes up, you might be like, oh, like I handled that way different than I used to handle that. One of my clients that I do a case study on, she that came up for her where she has a high stress office job and she would be really quick to temper and just short with people because people are irritating and people are too people-y sometimes. And she had noticed after several sessions, she's like, I don't let that stuff bother me anymore. And it wasn't something that she realized until we were talking about it. And she's like, oh, here's how I am now. So it just brings you to like a better place of calm and where you aren't quick to get upset. I think your body just craves being in that space and you want to hang on to that for as long as you can. But it's very subtle sometimes. Being able to respond to a situation instead of just react. Yes. But you're given that, like you said, that safe space in order to be able to start that and then to carry that forward into your life when you're not in the middle of a beautiful massage. Yeah. And honestly, since like post-COVID, we're all in this weird state. We're now programmed that, yeah, everybody's quick to react. Everybody's quick to express what they're feeling because everybody has feelings, which is great. But but we don't respect that. And, and I think too many of us are 
unable to stop and take a step back and think about things and not just think about it, but feel it before you respond. So I think we lost some of that and we just need to get back into that. But especially post-COVID, I see a lot more people with different types of anxiety and depression and probably undiagnosed PTSD. But allowing yourself to have that quiet time where you are just at peace there's something very healing about that, that we can get back into that state that we were prior to COVID, that we can get rid of that anxiety and that unrealistic fear that we're having of who knows what, but just to let go of some of that anger and that rage that we're having that we really are afraid to admit that we have and to recognize that that's what we have. But yeah, any massage, sound healing, sound therapy, different types of meditation, like that all allows you to let that stuff go. For those of our listeners and us who are either starting or diving deeper into our self-growth and our self-improvement journey, is there a bit of advice or something that you can offer to them to inspire them to continue or to dive deeper into their own journey? What I would say is, and I've had to say it to myself, is just go and experience it. Don't think about it or don't question it. Just go and try it. There are things that, you know, And it happens in the massage world with different conventions that I go to. Some are very science and political driven and some are not. But everybody feels there has to be some research done or a study. Well, first of all, people aren't going to throw money at a study if it's not going to make them money. Some people just don't care. But the thing is, like, like if I'm giving you a placebo and I'm giving this other person something that is legit and you both have the same results, does that make the placebo any less meaningful to that person. No, no. So people that second guess or judge these areas that we call woo-woo medicine, and I've done it, like with Reiki. Reiki is a very powerful, energetic modality. I don't feel that everyone is just because they're trained to do the class, take the class and do it, that everybody has the ability to do that. I feel that we can be trained, but some people are just sensitive to that. Those are the people that I want to seek out and see those people. If it's something that you're questioning, go and try it, like experience it. And sometimes it can really change your mind and you'll still be skeptical because you're going to be wondering, how did that happen? There's no way that could have happened, but it did. And you don't have to explain it. There doesn't have to be a research study to back it. There doesn't have to be, you know, everybody in your town that's talking about it and doing it. It's just something that just try it. Just step out of your box, step out of your comfort zone and just experience, especially a sound bath. There's group sessions that you can get, and they're relatively inexpensive. Oftentimes, you can find them at different yoga studios, people coming and going. Yeah, try it. Just try it. It it can be very, very life-changing for some. I drag my husband to them all the time, and at first, he was like, oh, yeah, like, here we go. We're going to do this. And he's heard me talk about it for a long time. And then the first one he went to the gong was very powerful for him. He just kept explaining this feeling that he was having during the gong. And he was laying right next to me. I could hear like, he sounded like he was sleeping most of the time, but he wasn't. It was just this sleep-like state, but he still had awareness. So then that following Monday, he had come in here for a sound massage, never had one before. And he'll probably kill me for telling everyone. But anyhow, so he has the sound massage and we're talking about just the experience that he had. And normally I don't do that the first day because I want it to settle in. I want you to just like sit in the experience, just kind of process it for a while. 
But he was talking to me and he just starts sobbing. And he's like, I'm so embarrassed. I don't mind doing this. And I'm like, don't hold it back. Just let it out. Something is trying to surface. So you got to let it go. We just, we have to open up to the experience. He didn't expect to receive it that way or express it that way, but that's what happened. So is he now a believer? Yes. If you would have told him two years ago that, hey, you're going to go to this sound bath and here's what you're going to experience. And then you're going to have this sound massage and then you're going to sob. You would have been like, no way, <laughs> totally way. <laughs> like, that's what happened. <laughs> so it's wild. But yeah, you got you to gotta open yourself to the experience and just stop judging yourself. Like, are you going to get anything out of it? It doesn't have to be that profound. I think with any sound and vibration, different frequencies, you're going to get something out of it. Even if we don't recognize that, we're going to get something. Right. Absolutely. I believe that as well. You are graciously offering a promo code for our listeners who want to come and experience a sound bath or a sound massage with you. So we are offering the code INSPIRE15 so that listeners can reach out to you to schedule a massage and receive a 15% discount off of the services. Yes. That is very kind of you. Thank you. And hopefully the listeners will take you up on that and, and do what you just said for your little bit of inspirational advice to seek out and try something new and see really truly what kind of good they can feel from it. And then, and hopefully schedule more. Yes. For our listeners who want to learn more and want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you or to learn more? To learn more, I can go to my website. It's fentalimassage.amta. Can you spell that, please? F-A-N-T-O-L-I-M-A-S-S-A-G-E dot A-M-T-A-M-E-M-B-E-R-S dot com. So Vintelli Massage dot AMTA members dot com. There's all kinds of information on there about what the services are. You do have a beautiful website. Thank you. Thank you. So informational. Thank you. Yeah, I try to put as much on there because it's. I've been on online looking at other services, and it's sometimes hard to navigate, and it's very overwhelming. And I see a lot of different therapists, but I get overwhelmed. There's too much on the sites that are not like I don't care what modalities you do. I want to know how you're going to help me and why. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what is the gist of your practice? That was very, very important that I put that in there. Yeah. So it. Thank you. <laughs> so on there, there is a contact me that it'll go right to my email. I just ask that if people respond that way, let me know how you want me to respond back. Because sometimes if I just email directly back, it might go in your spam folder, then I don't know. But if I get a text, if they give me the number, they want to text, I'll absolutely text. When people call, I'm not always great about returning phone calls if I get messages because I listen to them in between clients, but definitely texting. Texting or messaging is the fastest way to get a hold of me. Fantastic. And social media pages as well? I am on Facebook. I am not on the others. Just on Facebook at Fantali Massage and Wellness, LLC. Fantali Massage and Wellness, LLC. Yep. On Facebook. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for thank you. teaching us so much about what you do and how it can help people. And just thank you for the education and the experience. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us again next week as I continue my conversation with Kim Dietz and we explore my experiences with her Peter Hess sound massage and her meditative sound experience or sound bath. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection. Mm -hmm.